Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner, Predators Podcast. I'm Tennessee and Predators beat writer, Paul Scribbin. I'm joined by esteemed columnist Gentry Estes. Uh, we're, uh, this is Monday night. We're recording this right after another loss to the defending Stanley Cup champ, Tampa Bay Lightning. And the Predators now have lost two straight. They've lost four in a row uh, against the Stanley Cup finalists uh, from last season already this year. 0-4 on the road. Their penalty kill is killing them. Power play is not so powerful. And uh, they're sitting at 4-5 and five with uh, two games uh, coming up later this week at Florida, which, by the way, hasn't lost in regulation. I think they're 5-0-1 this season. So things don't look to be getting any easier for the Predators coming up, uh, you know, in the coming days. Gentry tonight was just kind of another repeat of what we've been seeing a lot of lately where, Predators fall behind early and kind of fight back. They've, they have to, the Predators have two goals in the first period this season, which is the fewest of any team in the NHL. Um, you know, they're putting themselves in a bind, uh, you know, by falling behind early and then playing catch up, trying to play catch up later on. Um, I mean, what I, it's, I felt like I was just watching a, a, re, a repeat, you know, again of, of the last game. Um, I think tonight they gave up three goals in the second period. In the last game, they gave up four in the second period. Uh, you know, it, it's just kind of a, like watching a rerun a little bit. Yeah, I, certainly the uh, the two games in Tampa were very similar. And, and you come away from both of them, you know, you can, you can say take the glass half full view and say, well, they really fought back in the third period and made a game of it. But they shouldn't, they, have, they shouldn't be do, having to do that. Right, <laughs> you know, right. Right. I brought that up to John Hines, who we're going to hear from a little bit later. Um, uh, I had asked him about falling behind early and kind of the domino effect that it has. And he he talked a little bit about, you know, the penalties really hurting them and, and, and being a big part of that. And that's some pretty candid words. Um, so we'll, we'll play that for you a little bit later. But, you know, I, it's it's I haven't seen John Hines really get angry. And I, I wouldn't classify I wouldn't characterize this as angry, but he was pretty firm. Uh, and part of what he said was, you know, you can only address this so many times and we're going to address it one more time before the next game for the last time. Uh, my question is, why hasn't it been fixed yet? <laughs> you know, why, why isn't this? I'm sure it's been addressed and I'm sure if he had the answers, you know, that, that it wouldn't continue to be a problem. But at the same time, you know, I think he's getting tired of, again, just repeating the same things over and over, and, and they really don't have an answer, obviously. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't be in the situation they're in. Well, and it wasn't just, you know, I mean, obviously the penalty kill numbers have been terrible, um, but they're also committing stupid penalties. I mean, just careless. Even even Roman Yossi uh, in the first period of this last game, and Yossi admitted as much afterward and said, you know, at times we're being too overaggressive, you know, in terms of committing these penalties. Even I took one today, and, and it and it's it, – you know, you're, you're putting yourself in that position. And actually, they did get a pretty good kill to start the game tonight. And a couple good ones. I mean, two. I think two in a row, uh, you know, the, at the start of the game. But again, they're putting themselves in these situations where they're, they're having to kill penalties early. And that, you know, that's a lot of, you know, those those penalty kill minutes are, are rough minutes on a player. I mean, they're not, you know, not every minute is on time on ice is created equal. Uh, and certainly the case with the Predators where, you know, they're, instead of focusing their energy on scoring goals, which is another thing they can't do. I think they're near the bottom of the league in that category too. Um, you know, they're, they're expending a lot of energy trying not to allow the other team to score goals when they're short, you know, when they're shorthanded and that's not working either. 
So this is not a good recipe for success, you know, so far. And yes, it is early, but again, we talked every episode, every episode. I mean, how long are you going to keep saying that before you just are what you are? Yeah. And, and here, here's my question as you look at, you know, being nine games into the season, um, you know, how concerned should you be at this point when four of the five losses have come against teams that were in the Stanley Cup final last year? I get it. I mean, they're be- they're beating teams they should beat. The Columbuses and the Blackhawks of the world. Um, they they do struggle against the Red Wings, who have been awful this season. But you know, I, I don't really put too much stock in that. But yeah, I mean, they're then they're losing against the teams they probably should lose against. But some of those games against teams that you probably should lose against, you have to win some of those games, and that's how you be, you know become a playoff team and how you become a competitive team uh, by doing what the Predators are doing. They're just being a mediocre team. And look. I can't beat this drum enough. Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne is you could talk about all the bad luck you want. Uh, you know, these two guys are top two centers being paid $16 million a year combined or $16 million cap hit combined have zero goals in nine games, zero goals. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you see Duchesne, I mean, you could see the frustration watching the game tonight. He's upset that put the puck in the net. I mean, at this point it, it's, I understand the longer this goes, the more pressure and then it becomes a self-fulfilling kind of thing that it's harder to perform the more and more you're well then, you're you, have la- then you have what happened last season where they both That's had right. awful awful right. seasons last year and, and it was the same problem um and it, and it obviously hasn't corrected itself now the Jofa line again broken up tonight they're putting Forsberg on the second line try to you know all the lines were, were all mixed up tonight um they put I think Nick Cousins on the top line with with Johansson and Arvidsson didn't make a difference uh, Forsberg on the second line with Granlin and Duchesne did make a big difference. Granlin scored again. He's been their best offensive player. And here's a guy who missed all the camp in, in, in the first half of the season, and he's their best player. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't get it. People, you know, people ask me, want, you know, they, they want our opinions. And what, what would we do to fix the power player, the penalty kill? Or why isn't Ryan Johansson playing well or Matt Duchesne scoring goals? And look, I mean, if the people are being paid millions of dollars a year, don't know the answer to these questions, uh, I, I don't know that I would know the answers to these questions. I mean, I can, I can observe some things, but certainly if they knew the answers, they, they, they would be trying to fix the, the, the problems, but too many for, you know, before we go on, Gentry, I, I want to, I want to hear from John Hines just to give you a little bit of an example of, of, you know, I think some of the emotion is starting to, to creep in uh, in terms of, you know, the, the frustration from these losses mounting up. Let's take a listen to John Hines after the game. Hey John, uh, just curious from your perspective, what what kind of domino effect does the, the falling behind early have? I mean, there's a lot of things that contribute to it, but overall, as the game goes on, do you see a, a domino effect in terms of energy and, and expending energy that maybe you could use in other ways because you guys are falling behind so early? Yeah, I think the penalties is a big thing with it. You know, this is going to be addressed for you know. Um, there's only so many times you can address until you got that. You got to put a stop to it. So we're, we're going to have a discussion about this. Uh, prior to our next game for the last time. Uh, that's one. You know, once you have to kill that many penalties, your, your bench gets disrupted. Guys that, you know, don't penalty kill, they're out. And then when the Lions come back, you know, it gets, you got to get a little bit of a reset coming out of that. And then, you know, when you're coming from behind, I think if it's, if it's one or two, you know, you're, it's, it's still a, you're still right in there. But when it gets to three, you know, sometimes you got to, then possibly you got to overplay some guys that, you know, you think are possibly gonna gonna be able to produce or playing well. So um, I think there's multiple effects, but I'd say the, I'd say when we've gotten games where we've been in penalty trouble, that's 
that's probably the biggest issue. Interesting that, again, you know, we're not used to seeing an emotional or hearing an emotional John Hines. I felt like, you know, that, that phrase, you know, we're going to talk about it again for the last time. Um, I think we might see some crazy, I don't know, experiments coming up with, with, with the penalty kill um, because what they've, all the different combinations that they tried so far haven't worked. Um, you know, and I think you're going to see some guys who are, are taking stupid penalties, probably not playing as much. Uh, you know, again, it, it in a 56 game truncated season, I think it's never too early to panic to be honest with you. I mean, I think it's, you're better off now, you know, trying something new like they did with, with, with Tolvin in tonight who played his, you know, first game this season, scored his second career NHL goal. He's been a guy that seems like he's been around the Predators since they've been around, but he's still only 21 years old, um, has offensive capability. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, they're not just going to stick with what used to work or what they think might work. I think they're going to, you're going to see some, some, some crazy experiments, uh, judging by the tone of what of John Hines is, uh, answer to the to that question no and you make a good point i mean in a shortened season look i I don't know if it's time to panic just yet uh you know they lost a couple of games in dallas turnaround beat chicago twice thing is both those games were in overtime the preds in the seven consecutive games have not won at the end of regulation they've not been ahead at the end of regulation in seven games in a row they had to you know, they won in overtime with it with Yossi's goal in the first game against the Blackhawks, and then they then they won a shootout. If it wasn't for that, they they could easily have lost seven games in a row. Well, and both, those, those again, turn yeah. the other way. You're right. You're right. I mean, those both both are very losable games, and and you could argue games that they maybe should have lost um, against a team. Uh, you know, not to backtrack too far, but against a team missing Jonathan Taves, missing Alex DeBrinket. I mean, you know, the Blackhawks already are not a very good team this season and they're missing two of their best players and the Predators still struggle with them. And that all goes back to, they cannot score. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. I don't know why Nashville seems to be the place where goal scorers go to die. I don't, I don't know. One thing I will say though, is, you know, Mikhail Granlin, I, I thought going all the way back to when, when Peter Lavalette was fired, I thought Granlin was a player who could thrive under John Hines. I, I really thought that he was misused before that. Um, he was a great, offensive player before he came here with the, you know, the trade that sent Fiala to Minnesota, which a lot of people were really down on because Kevin Fiala has really shown he's a very more than capable NHL player and the type of player the Predators feel like they could have had. But, you know, you look at the guys who've come to Nashville. Um, Ryan Johansson was an offensive player before he got here. And, and you know, that's kind of gone down really quickly. Kyle Turris is another example of that. Matt Duchesne is another example of that. Um, you know, it just seems like, you know, the moves they make, they're, they're great, def- great defensively. Don't get me wrong. I think the Predators have a lot of great defensemen. I just think they have a tough time for whatever reason developing or, or, or getting production out of their forwards. And, you know, it, it's so basic. I mean, you have to score to win in this league. You can't rely on Saros or, or Pekka to, to, to bail you out time after time after time. And that's also a reflection too of, of, you know, the goalies are, you know, they're giving up four or five goals a game. And, and a lot of that really isn't on the goalie. Um, it's, you know, you just, these guys can only make so many spectacular saves. And some of it is, I'm not saying they're absolved of all the blame, but, you know, I, I, to me, a hundred percent of the, almost a hundred percent of the blame has to go to these guys who get paid a lot of money to score goals in the NHL and they're not doing it. 
end of story. I think it's really that simple. Yeah, I mean, you still look, and uh, the the Predators have still, I think, only scored more than three goals in a game once this whole season. That was a 5-2 win second game. Um, that's not good enough, it, it, and it's certainly not going to be good enough against a team like Tampa. And, and if you look at the schedule, Paul, 12 remaining games against the Lightning and the Stars. And I, I know, you know, John Hines was asked about that tonight, too, and said uh, kind of some mixed results against those. No, it's not mixed results. They're 0-4. Yeah, they're bad results. They're bad. <laughs> and that's that could be real trouble if, like you said, they've struggled with Detroit in the past. And, you know, they're going to have to go to Florida uh, here in a few days and really take care of business in that because they're going to come back home and get the lightning at home. It, it, this has the potential to spin out of control quickly when you see how things have trended so far this season. They're statistically not not very good. The special teams, the the guys that we said coming into the season, these guys are going to have to score. Well, they're not scoring. Well, and here's the thing about that, too, and you bring up a good point, Gentry. Playing all interdivisional games mean every game is a four, every game is really four points, not two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and, and really, if you fall behind, and the Predators are ready, you know, I know that there aren't an even number of games played among all the, all the teams because of COVID and whatnot, but the Predators going into today, uh, points-wise, were second, the second-worst team in that division, only ahead of Detroit. And, they've, and the Predators are one of the only teams in that division who's played every game as scheduled except for they, they missed one. But they've, they've played just as many games, if not more, than everybody else, and they're still that far down in the points. And – you know, like you say, every I, I, here's what I think, and I, you know, I don't, I'm not big on hot takes or anything, and I don't even know if this is a hot take, but if they don't win the next, if they don't win those two games in Florida, I think that what's what's going to happen is the season's going to spin out of control, like like you alluded to, um, and, and you know, it sounds crazy to say that so so early in a season, but you know, look, if they can't if, if they can't figure out how to score goals and how to stay out of the penalty box then they don't have any – there's no hope. And, and, you know, and I get it. It's a weird season, and there, there's a lot of guys here in one-year contracts, and, you know, that everything is weird about it. You know, the traveling is weird, and the schedule is weird, and the divisions are weird, and, you know, you got taxi squad. I get all that, but, you know, strip all that away, and, and, and you still have to – you still have to do the, the basic fundamental things to win a hockey game, and the Predators aren't doing that. And, you know, they keep they keep falling behind and, and it's great. They're coming back in the third periods and they're scoring all kinds of goals in the third period. But it doesn't matter if you're not winning. It doesn't matter. So let, let me ask you, Paul, when you look at this team, if you're an opposing team or at least an opposing team like Tampa or Dallas, a, a good team. And I think we watching these games. It's pretty clear. Lightning's a very good team, better than the Preds. What scares you about Nashville? What scares you about playing this team? What do they really do that well? Nothing. Nothing. It's hard to win games when you don't present a threat in any tangible way. They're they're pa- they're, they're paper champions. I mean, you look at them on paper, and they should be really good. Uh, you look at them in reality, and and they're not very good. And you know that's just and that's not just this season. And. You know, I try to take everything into account and, you know, Hines was hired and then COVID hit and he was away from the team and then they went, you know, to the bubble and then they had a short training camp and all these different moves were made and these guys are brought in. <laughs> I get all that, but, you know, 
I think people want results, not excuses. And I think we keep hearing a lot more of the latter and the same old things after every game, just like we did last year. Just like, you know, look, we don't, we don't, you know, as part of our jobs, we don't have a rooting interest in who wins or loses. It's always more interesting if the team that you coverage is really good or really bad. Um, but, we, you know, it, it's difficult to watch. Um, it's difficult to listen to. It's difficult to, you know, follow closely because it does seem like the same thing over and over again. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that they're a lot better of a team that they've shown. I, I don't know that they're as good a team as they thought they could they could be this year. We'll see. I mean, everything, like I said, is, is kind of crazy. But, you know, I, I think slowly, you, as I've said before, you, you start to realize that you are who you are. And, and, you know, so far I think the Predators are what they are. They're, they're, they're a mediocre team that has a lot of humongous flaws. And I don't know that those flaws are going to be rectified – Anytime soon. I, I will say, you know, we've been very negative. I'll, I'll throw out the one positive that could be here that we could be overreacting based off playing some really good teams. Dallas and Tampa, again, really good teams. But the problem is they're on the schedule a whole heck of a lot more. I mean, okay. you're not you're, you're not going to you got to have to play them all year and, and play them better than they are. I, I see. And I see your I see your point, Gentry, but I would argue this. And I, and I look back at the at the Blackhawks games. Those are two games against a team that is not as good as the Predators, that, yes, they did win those games. But, you, you know, you, you play those games over ten times, and I think the Predators lose lose half of them. And so, you know, that's what I keep going back to is, is not so much how poorly they're playing against the, the really, really good teams. It's how they're not dominating teams they should dominate. Because, you know, Tampa and Dallas have all kinds of talent. They've had all kinds of experience. They were just were there. they've been there and done that. Just were there and just did that. Um, and and David Poyle said something interesting before we go. He, I think it was David Poyle who said something. Said something that was along the lines of, you know, we're, we need to stop living off of 2017. You know that that run. You know, for the for for two years after that, he kept the team together for the most part. Didn't go out and make any big trades or or make any big moves to the changes to the roster. After last season, he said enough of this crap. And, you know, he, he came out and basically said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically said, you know, we, we need to stop living off the glory of 2017, which by the year was a year that they weren't supposed to win. They weren't supposed to get to the Stanley Cup final. They were the last team to qualify for the play. There were there were no expectations attached to that team. So, you know, I think David Poyle, you know, who gets a lot of criticism, you know, and, and whether you believe that that's justified or not, uh, I'll leave that up to, to everybody out there to decide, but I think he does understand that, you know, he, he made a lot of changes in the off season, which was another, again, a weird off season because of, because of COVID and everything else. And there's a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, you want results, not excuses. And, and the predators so far don't have the results and, and going back to teams like Chicago, who they should be beating and they're beating more handily or, or not, you know, playing down to their level. They haven't done that. You know, they're, they're just who they are. They don't play up to the competition or down. To the, like, they play down more than they play up. Um, and that's that's not usually a good recipe. So anyhow, that'll do it for this edition of Catfish Corner. We hope you'll subscribe to the Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And if you haven't already, why haven't you? 
Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. I get my podcasts on an app called Podcasts. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. Good, bad, indifferent. We'll take it. For Gentry Estes, I'm Paul Scravina. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.